0: Hey, welcome back. So today I want to take some time to discuss a topic, a question that I still receive on a fairly regular basis regarding silver stacking, and that is, how much is enough? Now obviously, I mean, this answer is going to vary from person to person. I'm not going to be out here telling you a 1,000 ounces, a 100 ounces, 10,000 ounces. That's, those are all nice round numbers, but ultimately arbitrary. Because this obviously varies from person to person. It varies based on your income, your age, time to retirement, why you're investing in silver and gold in the first place, uh, and and as well as how much of your overall net worth or your assets that you have invested you want in precious metals in the first place. And I think that's a good as place as any to start off here. <coughs> Excuse me. Talking about how much to have in silver and gold in the first place. And again, this is going to vary widely. And, and what I want to be here for is, is not to give investment advice or anything like that, but to tell you that this can totally be up to you and you don't need to feel pressured one way or another. And what I mean by that is that when it comes to people that own precious metals, there's a lot of people that have a healthy understanding of it and and its role in one's investments and portfolio. However, there are two camps of people out there, one of which will say that everything, stocks and real estate and bonds and, and whatever else you want to invest in is all crap currently and that you should be putting basically all of your portfolio into precious metals. And then you have the other side, the, the, The ultra conservative when it comes to precious metals side of things that says like, yeah, throw like 3% of your portfolio into silver and gold um, to the point where it barely makes a difference and and the rest is still in all of those other paper assets. What I'm here to tell you is that A, you don't need to go to either extremes. If you want to play it safe and go to silver and gold and, and that can be your savings for retirement and everything and skip the 401k and the IRA and and, and uh, mutual funds and the stock market and, and bonds and, and fixed income and all that, go for it. I, I think that there's plenty of arguments that can be made for that. If you want to play it um, ultra light and, and, and just put a little bit in silver and gold, go for it. But I think somewhere in between is probably best. But the second thing that I want to remind every one of you is that silver and gold, buying it doesn't mean you have to hold it until you ultimately retire. In fact, you know, I think one of the downfalls of, of I don't want to say this generation, but, but a lot of individuals today in the marketplace is that they treat their overall investment, their, their savings for retirements, whether it's in a 401k or, or a various uh, uh, tool to, to save for retirement, they treat it with, with far too much complacency. They think that oh I've I've thrown this money into this account, I'm just gonna keep it there until ultimately I retire. Now, I get it. With some there's there's a pretty big incentive not to withdraw it until you retire for for tax purposes, and I get that. Okay, and and I'm not gonna try and talk you out of uh of any of those if if that's what you want to stay in, um for tax purposes and whatnot. I get that, but. There's sort of this notion that I'm going to throw my money into one of these accounts or even your own investment portfolio and I'm just going to let it sit there with moving it very little over the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever your your investment horizon is. And I think that's sort of not a good idea because it's worked in the past, oftentimes that type of complacency, right? We all know this this buy and hold strategy when it comes to stocks, but but I don't think that that's going to work indefinitely. I think, for instance, in the stock market, much of, of the Western world, inclu- including the United States, is going to go through a period where stocks just don't realize any gains. They, they don't move up at all significantly over many years or even decades, not unlike what, what Japan has gone through for many decades. right? Bonds right now continue to yield very low yields or even negative yields. Um, And and so I think this buy and hold strategy is is sort of on its way out. Now, there's something to be said for not uh, making too many trades and not moving stuff around too much. But the reason that I bring this up as it relates to silver and gold is that if, let's say you're 35 and and you're tuning in today to to listen to my opinion on, on how much silver and gold is enough, okay, you have, you know, maybe 25, 30, 35, whatever years to retirement, Okay. Don't feel that you have to be locked into silver and gold that, that you bought yesterday for the next couple decades. In fact, I would argue that, that you'd be well served by being a little bit more active. I've, I've long advocated here in this channel, on this podcast, that when it comes to precious metals, I think it's worth it to be flexible and, and, it's worth it to be prepared to move some of that out of precious metals into a different asset or asset class that is undervalued in the future. And so I think this needs to go into your overall idea of, of how much is enough. Well, I, I think my my shortest answer, and, and believe me, I have plenty more to say on this here, but my shortest answer would be, Well, keep stacking as much as you can now because understand that you may not be stacking two years from now, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now at a consistent rate because the price is just too high, right? In a a perfect uh, um, environment or a perfect uh, scenario, I should say, this is how it would play out for me. I can stack as much as I'd like now, um, a certain percentage of my income, maybe overweight precious metals relative to... Uh, paper assets like like stocks or my contribution to a 401k or whatever, okay, stick with that for a while. And then as silver and gold ultimately move up significantly and stocks, uh, the, the the ratio of, let's say, the S&P to, to the price of silver uh, moves down, meaning few and fewer rounds of silver to basically buy the S&P if you can actually buy it then you would move some of that out of silver. Not all of it. There's a huge value to holding silver, but some of it, right? Uh, you probably also would move some of it into gold because the, the silver to gold, the gold to silver ratio would probably have moved down as well, right? That's sort of a perfect scenario um, being a little bit more overweight in terms of, of how much you're buying right now, silver and gold, because they're undervalued, relative to stocks, relative to bonds, why why would you be overweight those assets which are obviously overvalued right now? And then ultimately trading some into those. And and if you're not a fan of those paper assets, fine. There's so many other options out there for you. There's real estate and there are a ton of ways to play real estate. Whether it is just going out and buying some land that's undervalued, agricultural land, it could be forest, it could be swamp, whatever. You could buy houses. You can flip houses if, if you you are up for that type of risk. Um, there's there's various uh, tools that that you can use, different um, uh, not laws but but organizations that you can um, join or or become a part of that allow you to invest in in real estate, uh, for instance, apartment buildings and not just houses where, where you're only buying a certain share of it rather than you know, buying an entire apartment complex, which is extremely expensive, d- too expensive than I, for, for, I think a lot of us and, and a fair bit of risk involved in that, right? There's private mortgage lending. There's a ton of ways to play something like real estate. If you want to stay from away from, from stocks and bonds and, and other assets like that, which I totally understand, uh, but but ultimately, I think to answer the question of how much silver and gold is enough right now, I would say, again, don't take this any as, as as financial advice. But I would be overweight. I'd rather be overweight precious metals now, not only as a percentage of my overall portfolio, but but how much I'm, you know, buying on a monthly or bi- um, bi-weekly basis or whatever, relative to paper assets and whatever else you're throwing your money into. And then be ready to be you know, to face a reality where silver and gold—it's not so much that you can't buy them, but they're going to be overpriced, overvalued. And I couldn't tell you exactly when that's going to be, but I think it's it's worth it to to buy as much as you can now, right? And and I'm not trying to push a uh, like a fear of missing out, like a FOMO, which some people would bring up. Oh, I'm not trying to to pump precious metals. I'm simply saying that at at prices right now, what 1750 for silver, gold I think looks uh, not overpriced, but would be too high for me relative to silver. But 1750 for silver, as I record this, is pretty reasonable, especially when you consider a year or two from now, it's going to be 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever dollars an ounce, right? Now to answer the other piece of the question, how much is enough to just to to um have as a savings? Um, I like to think of it this way. Again, if we're talking perfect scenarios, I think a good start would be something like this. First of all, cash. Start off with not necessarily start off with cash and neglect silver and gold, but but have some savings in cash. Um maybe a weeks, two weeks, even as much as a month's worth. I, I wouldn't go too much beyond that because then you have a lot of cash that's prone to inflation and whatnot. But I'm talking cash. Not not money in a bank account, I'm talking cash in your own possession for a variety of reasons I've discussed in the past. You know, up to about a month's worth of expensives. Expenses, bills, whatnot. Um, you know, a couple thousand probably in cash. You can have whatever else you want in your your cash banking account if you want to call it cash, but but start off with that. But then precious metals, I would shoot for, you know, multiple of that, maybe up to six months' expenses as a pretty good start. And and certainly I'm not there or anything like that. Come on, guys, I'm a I'm a grad student here. But but six months' expenses in in silver and or gold. So then we're up to, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever that is for you, thirty thousand, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars in in precious metals and then you can build off that, right? That can be your base stack. Maybe you can keep that six months worth of expenses indefinitely and build on that, add another couple hundred, couple thousand ounces, whatever your budget allows. And that's going to be what you ultimately trade for uh, uh, stocks or bonds or real estate or whatever. And the rest of that base stack you can keep in precious metals. I, I would probably advise trading some for, for gold when the ratio comes down, but but. Certainly again, don't take any of this as investment advice. No, I get it. This isn't an easy answer. Right? I wish I could just tell you a thousand ounces of silver is is that's the magic number. Ten thousand ounces. Whatever. I'm not gonna do that though, because that's an arbitrary number. It's a round number, but it's arbitrary. What I'm telling you is that yes, a base amount of savings. Hedge protection, whatever you want to call it, in precious metals is very wise. And I think six months is not a bad number. Six months expenses. But it's going to vary widely from person to person when we're actually talking ounces. Furthermore, I think there's some real merit to buying a lot of silver right now with the understanding that you're going to be trading some of it for undervalued assets in the future whether that be gold stocks bonds real estate business whatever so that's my take on on how much silver is enough i know it's not an easy answer but i hope that it's sparked thought i hope that it has helped you guys think outside the box rather than just i mean goals are great don't get me wrong if you have a goal of a thousand ounces a 100 ounces 500 shoot for that goal that's great but to say that that is the magic number is is again kind of arbitrary. As always, I'd like to thank every single one of you uh, for for tuning in today. If you enjoy this podcast, I would kindly ask that you share it, share it with a friend, share it with a family member that may be interested in precious metals. But but above that, above and beyond that, liking and commenting on this video, reviewing my podcast, these things help me out a ton. Um, you know, as of late, my views on YouTube have been lagging where they've been in the past. I don't know if it's a lack of interest in precious metals. I don't know if it's YouTube's doing. It's hard to say. But liking this video, subscribing, I can at least know that these videos are more likely to show up in your suggestions, your feed, in the future. You can even hit that bell notification button. Over in the YouTube world, you can subscribe and get notifications each time I upload. Um, and I can at least count on you guys, my subscribers for, for tuning in and with enough, uh, support with enough liking, commenting and all that, uh, that, that means that these, these videos, these podcasts are seen more and more by, by people who have not heard of me, heard of precious metals as an investment tool, all of that. So as always, I appreciate you guys' help a ton, uh, this, this channel, this podcast wouldn't be what it is without you guys. So thank you for all you do in terms of just tuning in and and, and helping to, to give my channel a boost and God bless.